0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I've been having um, some experiences, and within those experiences, it's been really good um, because he's been revealing so much. And so, one thing that I've been kind of experiencing is a lot of physical pain. And so in that, it's been so, so good because he's given me an opportunity to see who I look to. I can't tell you how good it's been. And so I had this thing last week where I had a whole lot of pain going on. I even cried out on one day. I said, oh, God, I need so much pain. I need some help. It was kind of one of those kind of days, you know. And so um, I had an appointment with my massage therapist, and I heard myself say, she's not a miracle worker. You like that? So even though I'd made an appointment with her to get a little help, I looked at her and I declared she's not a miracle worker. So in that, I did go and let her rub on me a little bit, but I still kept my eyes right here on who is the miracle worker. So in that, I thought that was very interesting because he began to talk to me about one of Satan's strategies is to try to make things look so bad and so big and so daunting that we forget to look to him, to inquire of him as our vital necessity. And so I thought, wow, that is really going on. And it's such a subtle ploy to try to pull us out from under just that incredible covenant connection we have with him as our life source, where we kind of start to looking around for other things. So I see that going on a lot. And I see that subtly taking um, our focus off of him over into other places. And so I had been praying about that because I only have one source just like we were singing today. He's my one thing. So I wrote this down. Satan's agenda is to make things appear to be so bad and so much and so big that we begin to develop a bad habit of looking to have relief to problems instead of seeking the heart of God, the provider. So in that, I wanted to lay out something today, kind of in three stories, Um, Matthew 6, John 3, and Ephesians 2. And at the end, I'm hoping you're going to have a revelation and an understanding that right now we're in heavenly places. While I am standing here on earth physically, I am also in two realms. I am currently here in this body, but I'm also spiritually in the heavenly realm. Think about that. I love to think about the heavenly realm, don't you? Think about the Father and the Son in the heavenly realm. I mean even on our best day in our when we think about even all the people who've visited heaven they still haven't represented fully heaven Think about right now think about that that you're in you're if you're born again you're in two realms Right now you're in heaven I feel like that with that worship didn't she did you feel like you were in heaven So track with me, okay. If you are right now spiritually in heavenly places, what are you experiencing? I'm going to have lots of pauses because I want you to think and encounter and enjoy. Can you feel the strength of the essence of the Father? Can you feel the joy of the sun? That you once were far away, but now you're with me. And that's my desire, is to have you always with me, and here you are. Where there's no worry, there's no fear, there's no sickness, there's no pain, there's just brilliance. There's palpable presence that imparts nurturing. I mean, we're meant to encounter that. And so I hope by the end of the day, you are really able to understand that while you're standing on earth, you're in heavenly places. Heaven is yours, isn't that what Jesus said? The kingdom is yours. What does that mean, and how did you get that, and how did that happen? And what all is there? We need to, we need to think about these things. Otherwise, that subtle ploy of the enemy is going to work where we settle for lesser natural things we try to pull to ourselves instead of settling for the authentic, deeply rich spiritual nurturing of God. And so I want to... If we, if you'll go with me, let's do um, John. No, let's do Matthew six. Okay. I'm really wanting you to not use your head, but use your heart. Can you use your heart? Can you let your your spirit man train your head? Matthew six in the passion. Okay. Can you please go down to number nine, verse nine? We're talking about living in the heavenly realm while we're on earth, okay? So keep that in mind. Don't lose it. Everything we read is going to point to that. Verse nine. The disciples are watching Jesus' life and everything that flows from his life, and they're like, teach us, teach us something here. Teach us your connection. Teach us your connection to the Father. Because out of that connection to the Father, all of life flows. So that's what they're saying. We're watching your life. We're seeing everything that's coming off of your life. And we're saying, teach me your ways. So Jesus says, My, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do first person. So forget about y'all. I mean, it's deeply personal to me. And so I'm going to make it deeply personal to me. If you want it to be deeply personal to you, then make it first person for you. But. Forget about y'all. I'm gonna make it first person for me, okay? Because it's very—I'm I'm being funny, but I'm being real serious. It's very—it moves me deeply, and so you all make it personal for you. And so I can just hear him saying, "My beloved Father." Can you just say that, "My beloved Father"? Jesus invites us in the same relationship with the Father that he has. You are dwelling in heavenly realms. That's where he is. He's dwelling in heavenly realms. So if he wants you to be connected to him, he has to give you access to heaven. Right? So you, I call you, I look to you and I'll call you my beloved Father. And I'd recognize where you dwell. You dwell from your holy, high place in the throne room over all. And so when I call you Father and I see where you dwell, that automatically puts me in a heavenly place does it you so why don't you even begin to open up and think about you're there you're drawing me because your name is father you got to have kids you want your kids to come to you so when i come and you're in you're dwelling in this heavenly place what can i expect as a child to experience there with you You can take a minute and go there if you like. Look around, see what you see, sense what you feel, hear the sounds. Notice what is there and what is not there. (laughs) Accusation, condemnation, guilt, fear, pain, insecurity is nowhere to be found. That love and acceptance and approval and joy. Oh, my Father who dwells in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which my life turns. I will make my life about this. This is what I'll make my life about seeing you, being with you, exploring heaven. God's name here is being sacred, holy, and magnified as we focus our life on him. So, you know, I see this all the time, and gosh, I hate it for you so much when we do so much of a religious process outside of the connectability of the person of who he is in this way. This tender way, this sweet sweet way with humility, with coming and offering, being open to him and letting him impact you. I see people struggle and try to get to good places and I try to comprehend and understand when just one look and one encounter and one moment in the heavenly realm is a teacher. It's your teacher. He's really given them a big revelation here, isn't he? I love this. I'm going to make a way for you to go straight to the Father and dwell with him in the heavenly realm and see his glory. And your life can can circle around this one thing. And in that, you will see God's kingdom manifest, show up in the earth. Maybe why we don't see as much as we know we should be seeing is because we're trying to apprehend with our intellect or our process instead of engaging with the person. That's really what it's saying. Manifest your kingdom realm. He's saying everything that exists there, his intention is for it to show up here. Man, I dig that, don't you? Do you dig it? Do you dig it? Do you dig it like I dig it? Do you really dig it? Oh, it's nothing like it. There's nothing like when you impart peace to somebody who has anxiety. There's nothing like when when you pray for them and pain goes. You know, there's nothing like when somebody's in torment that you break that torment with the truth and release the love of God and you get to tangibly be a conduit to experience heaven. That's what you're made for. Jesus made the way for you to live that. You know, Tessa and them on Friday night experienced a really beautiful thing where their life was circling around him, and they just said, Hey, you know, we want to go out tonight. What's on your heart? It's so easy. We make it so hard, but it's so simple. We complicate it with religion. It's really simple. She I want to look into your face and read your eyes. And when they just simply inquired, he shared heaven with them. Does that make them super spiritual? No. That is the children's bread. That's for all of the sons and daughters. It's simple. So they he said, what you thinking? What's your desire? And he said, go knock on a door because they were going to do, some of them were going to do signs. See, we get predetermined stuff. We tell God what to do. This is what I'm going to do and you bless it, okay? I'm not that he went on signs, but he was. you know, we've got to inquire. He's doing lots of things. We just want to be in the flow of what he's doing because he's trying to manifest heaven here through you and with you and around you. So then the next thing they said was where? And he named a specific street. Isn't that fun? You cannot know unless you ask. But all heaven is yours when you ask. So they got, told them a street, Lyrewood. They're like, Lyrewood, where is that? Where is Lyrewood? Do we have a Lyrewood in Oklahoma City? Where is the, okay, Lyrewood, you want to knock on the door and it's on Lyrewood Street. Where is that? And they told him an addition. And so, of course, I mean, it was wild. It's it's wildly fun. It's wildly simple. When you believe that all heaven is yours, it's simple. And so, of course, they go and they go to Lyrewood Street and they are praying prayerful up and down the street. Where's the door? He told them an address. They go to the address. The lady's sitting out in her yard with a one year old baby reading her little children's Bible. What's God doing? He'll tell you. He's manifesting himself as what he's doing. And so they say, we're out praying for people. Come up here, come up here, pray for me. And of course, all kinds of wild things happen. Where are the wild things? The wild things are (laughs) where the belief is and who he is, what he wants to do. That's where the wild things are. Yeah. So it was just a pretty incredible night. You know, they prayed for a bunch of people and they went to get in the car and he said, there, there's still some more. Yeah. So they got themselves back out, went up again. <laughs> and then here come a little girl next door. He was looking at him like this in so much fear. She had her hand up to her face. And so they were real gentle, like he is, and asked if they could pray and could they come closer. And as they began to pray and speak over her and hold her close, like Jesus was holding her close, she was weeping and convulsing and breaking, they were breaking off fear. And so that's Jesus manifesting himself the way he wants to because you have access to the heavenly realm and he's trying to manifest himself on earth you have access to that and it's real simple whenever your life is surrendered and you're just before him, loving on him, letting him love on you, then you hear things, you see things, you know things. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on the earth, just like in heaven. Would you say that that was like heaven on Friday night for that little girl? Now, I would say that's like heaven. we acknowledge i acknowledge you as my provider of all i need each day now here here's this is this really was good i love this when i was thinking about how the enemy right now tries to act like we need so many things besides god no you just need god you just need god who has more stuff than god nobody Nobody, 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 no, no, nobody, nobody has more stuff than God. So on this, we acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. And this is what it says. Give us bread for life today. This is a metaphor for our needs, your physical needs, your spiritual needs, and your emotional needs. Where are you going to get those met right now? Lisa, I love you and it feels good, but you are not a miracle worker. Who are you going to for your physical, spiritual, and emotional needs? Because he's saying, Jesus is saying, this is how I do it. You ask me how, this is how I do it. I acknowledge my father is the provider of everything I need spiritually, everything I need physically, and everything I need emotionally. Forgive us the forgive me the wrongs I have done. Which means send away from me the results of my shortcomings and debts. We did that this morning. And give me peace. And those that I forgive, give them peace as well. Sounds like manifesting kingdom to me. He's manifesting kingdom in you when you forgive. And you're manifesting it when you release somebody. But it's an experience for both. release forgiveness to those who have wronged us you got to you got to participate in both parts of that equation you can't just say forgive me but then you hold something in your heart he has a way the kingdom realm operates a way and that's a really big one you got to be a really good forgiver you got to be a good forgiver of you when you have shortcomings and you got to get low before him and let him wash over you and rework that and you got to be a really good forgiver with other people. Otherwise, it's going to shut down your ability to manifest heaven. You know, one thing I see that is um, one of the biggest... Um, things in the way of receiving the love of God and manifesting heaven is um, insecurity. Your partnership with who you think you are where you neglect or refuse to release yourself, invite Him to come and experience that enlargement to live. That's the only way it comes. But it does come that way. It is such a big hindrance. Kind of reminds me of those that thing you played about those Catholic priests saying that that's demonic, really, when we do that. When we degrade ourselves. Whenever we are His crowning creation. Don't do it. Repent if you are. Tell him, help me see, help me see, help me see, help me see. That's such a good prayer, isn't it? Help me. Anything's a good prayer. Help me this and help me that. And help, you know, help me. Help me. It's just a good prayer. Help me. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from the evil one. There's the war. We've been talking about the war. We're in a war. We've been talking about it. Jesus is identifying it right there. You're in a war. There's an evil one is trying to bombard you, but you have access to the Holy One, to the Holy Place, and to holy things. I love this right here at the end. Mm. For you are the king who rules. I like that. That's good for us to say, just like they helped us sing that today. It's so good for us to sing or say. It's because it sets and it establishes things where things kind of start to get bigger and, and feel like all of this stuff gets bigger and it starts... I, w- I wish I had an over-the-ear mic because I need two hands right now. But if something starts to like get over who God is in your life... It's really, I love just to say, you're the king of kings. You're over everything. Everything is subject to you. Boy, there's so something so powerful in that. Whenever you're feeling under and all of that and you submit yourself to him, submit yourself to God, James 4, 8, submit yourself to God, rebuke the devil and he will flee running away from you. There's something so powerful in that's who you are. You are ruling right now. Everything is subject to you. And when I say that and agree with that, everything in my sphere automatically comes into submission to who he is. Kingdom people with heavenly access. It's good to be on the winning team, isn't it? I've been on a lot of winning teams and it is really fun. No team like Team Jesus, though. It's the best winning team. How do y'all feel about that? Let's scoot ourselves over to John 3, okay? I really I I'm hope that you're hearing with your heart and letting your spirit teach you. John 3, TPT. Because he's really trying to impart something to you today. He's trying to break off all of these places where the enemy enemy has subtly kind of come in and, and taken um, sort of like attached something to your heart to kind of pull on you. This is the way I see it. Like we have these fingers of things that come and attach to us when we look to them to be our provider whether it's emotional support, physical support, or spiritual growth, or whatever that is, whenever we allow ourselves to be attached to that, he's coming to break that off because he wants you to attach to him because he's trying to open up this heavenly flow over your life. That's what he's trying to do. And so I love, you know, just like the disciples were asking Jesus, man your life something something jesus something mm, something and he's he's really good he's trying to give them revelation if you can hear i'll show you a secret here if you if you can hear i'll show you a secret. same thing in this john 3 what he's doing with nicodemus he's trying to give nicodemus the this insider heavenly track of how things work because he's trying to help him understand how heaven works. But again, if you've read the story in John 3, you know, Nicodemus is kind of naturally realm thinking. And so we do that a lot. We naturally realm think instead of looking up, open me up to hear what you're saying, to see what you're seeing, to know what you're doing. But he's saying, I'm trying to reveal to you if you'll get out of all this natural processing and look up, there's some things I want to say. There's some things I want to show. Just like Friday night's a perfect example, isn't it? How are they going to find that little girl that lives 24, 28 minutes from here? How are they going to find her unless the Holy Spirit leads them? How would they ever discover that godly treasure that he wanted to capture and to free and to minister to. How do you find heavenly things unless he shows you? You cannot find them on your own or in the natural. You cannot find them in the natural. Say that I cannot find them in the natural. (laughs) It's a heavenly realm excess. It's a heavenly realm excess. So in this, it's the same thing, in my opinion, where you know the disciples are trying to inquire, man, your life is something is about your life that my life is missing. What is the secret? And he's trying to give us the secret. And so it's the same thing with Nicodemus coming to Jesus. And he's saying, there's something about your life. We know that you must have come from God because who could do these miracles that you're doing unless God be with you? So something's happening in his life where he's attached to the heavenly realm and things are coming down. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And so Nicodemus is saying, I'm recognizing that. How is that happening? And so I love that Jesus is saying it only happens one way. And see, if you will really hear with your spirit and hear with your heart, this will make a big difference for you. When he says that you must be born from above that means the father in heaven saw the condition that you were in that you were bound by the influence of the demonic one the prince of the power of the air of the world influencing you in a way and you had had a response to that and gave your life away to him and the father says break that influence so then we can bring them back to us and they can operate from our influence. And so, you've got to know absolutely if I have done that with Jesus, then it just breaks off a whole lot that you never have to go back to. I mean, just put it all behind you. I don't have to go back there. I'm more focused on what is this new thing I have access to? What are you doing right here? What are your ways? And I'm trying to learn the forward way. And so when he says, do you get that? I mean, do you get that you needed that? I could, Let's just jump over there. We'll come back to John. Jump over there to uh, Ephesians 2, okay? Because I feel like this would help us connect. Ephesians 2, let's do a, let me see, do I want to do amplified on that? Let's just do the amplified for fun, you want to? Let's mix it up. Okay. Ephesians 2, let's do one, okay? Okay. Amplify. What does it say on that title? That's what you got to know right now. I'm not my old person. I'm a new person. What the heck does that new person want to do? Come on, new person. And you, he made you alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. Well Has anybody had that experience? Would you admit, I was without God at one point, and I had sin operating in my life. You were following, did you know this though? You were following the ways of the world. There's a spirit in the culture of the world that is demonically backed influencing things. Did you know that was what was going on? You were following the ways of this world influenced by this present age in accordance or with the prince of the power of the air, Satan. Let's just say it plain. Yeah. Just say his name, Satan. Okay. He was influencing me. The prince of the power of the air, Satan. Satan. Say his name Satan. was influencing me. There is a worldly influence in culture, and it's Satan. I just will keep saying his name, okay, so we can get comfortable with it. Satan was his name, oh. And he's influencing sin. He's, influence hatred. He's influencing the hatred of God. He's influencing the hatred of your beautiful design. He's influencing the perversion of everything good. The prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit, little s, see the baby s? You see the baby s? Baby s. BBS, accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit BBS, who is now now say now at work in the disobedient, unbelieving who fight against the purpose of God. Now haven't we been talking about that? That's just another way to say what we've already been talking about. We're in a war. There are two influences. God of heaven's influences for good, and the created fallen angel Lucifer, which we call now Satan or the devil. Right? It's he is no match. We already talked about this for God because he's not an uncreated being. You know, when Jesus was talking about that, I want to end in, in uh, the scriptures about I'm about to give my life for those that you desire to redeem, and I'm going to be restored to my place with the Father in heaven. It talks about before anything else existed because he was an uncreated being as well. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit always existed, always were, always were there before the light came into the world to create a universe to exist, he was already there. He was saying, I will return there with you after I've finished what I've come here to do, to bring this prize back to you. And so he's trying to have an influence in our lives, born again or not born again. He's trying to have an influence. But we want to continue to come away from that and come to the Father who dwells in the heavenly places. Satan, the spirit who is at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving who fight against the purposes of God among these unbelievers we all once lived in the passions of our flesh our behavior was governed by this sinful self, this lower nature indulging in the desires of this lower human nature without the Holy Spirit boom That's what Jesus is talking about in John 3. What happens whenever you look to Jesus and you say, my life is in this condition, would you come and forgive me and break off all of this demonic influence? Bring me out of darkness into your marvelous light and fill me with your Holy Spirit's presence. You can see right there, you just switch kingdoms, can't you? It, it says, Bring me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son that you love. You just transfer. Whenever you accept Jesus to be Lord over your life and to adjust everything in your life at that point to Him and come under Him, whenever you do that, you just switch kingdoms. So, what was influencing you and had power over you is broken. You see that little break idea right there, right there, broken, and this is opened up. We spend so much time still thinking about this and wrestling with this and all that. That's been broken, and this has been opened up. Maybe we could spend some more time thinking about what has been opened up here. we were indulging in the human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of this sinful mind we were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath like the rest of mankind but God being so very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love which he loved us even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins he made us he made me spiritually alive what did you do? What did you do? I mean, think about that. You are in captivity under the influence of the prince of the power of the heir, Satan. Under that dominion. And because of his great mercy and his design said, that is not my design you're made for this. So he comes and he breaks that out of captivity and he reestablishes and restores that according to his design. And he, he does that. That's why you will always be eternally grateful and you will never stop thanking him. You will be eternally grateful and you will never stop praising him because he did that for you. He saw your condition. He saw your captivity. He saw your distress. He saw the places where the enemy was taking advantage over you and he came I mean, I love that so much. I love that it says that we already talked about that Jesus was an uncreated being, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in eternity, and then whenever they released creation, and then He saw the condition that creation had gotten in, then the Father says, "I'm going to create a body." It's what it says in Hebrews. I'm going to create some flesh. I'm going to create a body. And I'm going to take the uncreated one through a virgin Mary for purity to embody this physical being and represent the whole of mankind, to represent you, to live unto God all of his days, to give his life, to be crucified, and to raise again where God said, I accept that sacrifice, and I accept it on you, and I accept it on Everybody else's behalf, I accept it for you, 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 on your behalf. And and it says, just think, it says it raised him up, this is Ephesians 2, it raised him up to glory. And it says that he raised you with him. He said, sit down with us. That's a different perspective, than some of us walk around with. But he's pretty darn adamant in the power of his love that he wants to completely pull you up with him and set you in heavenly places. And that's where you're intended to function in that realm. You're made for that realm. You're made for that realm with him. We're going to keep getting to it. We doing okay? He made us alive spiritually with Christ. And he raised us up together with him. Think about that. Think about God did it for Jesus. Right? It said it wouldn't leave him in the grave. I'm not gonna you can trust me, Jesus, if you're gonna do this thing where you are separated me from glory because you set your godness aside to be a man fully dependent on me and walk that life as the sacrifice. You can trust me whenever you go down into the grave, damned because of all the sin that was put on you. You can trust me that I'll raise you up. I will not leave you there. And so he did whenever that was complete. It said that he went down to hell for three days and preached what God was doing in him. And he said, give me the keys back. You don't have any legal right to the keys to people's life anymore. Give me the keys. And he took the keys of authority back and he rose and God raised him up because it was such a beautiful sacrifice that he adored. And he said, not only will I raise you up, everybody that's tied to you, I'll raise them up with you. So we've got to see ourselves from that position instead of this other position. He, we're on, I'm on verse 6 on the Amplifying, Ephesians 2. He raised us up together. Can you see that? Just take a minute. See that. See Jesus taking all of sin on himself, going to the cross, paying for all of that, being crucified. When he said it is finished and he breathed his last, then he was sentenced to go down to hell or shoal. And he preached for three days of what he just paid for. Is there anybody here being held in Abraham's bosom that would like to receive this salvation? And then God came with his power and his might. Can you see that? And he raised him up and set him back in his place of glory where he began. And now he said, I'm bringing you with me. I bring you with me. He raised us up together with him when we believed. Do you believe Jesus did it for you? Do you believe that that was the Father's plan and he was powerful and he did that? He's good enough to break off the the demonic influence and to raise you up and set you in holy places with him. He raised us up together when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are with Christ. Do you believe that Jesus is in in heavenly places? Do you believe that you are? That's a really good answer right about now. Very good answer. Um, Raised means you've been roused from your death. I mean, think about that. We were out there under the demonic infants doing a bunch of stuff. Unaware of all this, all these truths, God's powerful love for us. And he calls you spiritually dead. You were so not thinking about me. He had, the enemy had you running around like a fool. You were not aware of what I you had in me. And he said he came and he roused you up out of your death and your sleep and your slumber. This is not the place for you. Get up. So it says he raised you. He roused you up from death. He revived you spiritually. It's almost like he breathed in us again. That Holy Spirit's breath that we were absent about. That's what it said in Ephesians 2. You were acting in the natural without the Holy Spirit. Didn't it say that? the breath, the wind of God, the life of God, when he came and he roused you and woke you up from death and he forgave you of your sins and he spiritually made you alive, the spirit wind came in. And he raised you up together with him. Can you feel yourself seated in the heavenly place right now with him? I can feel it. Can you feel it? Don't let anything hold on to your ankle. Go on up. Just kick it off. Just sit down. Just look around. Just feel his presence and his power. He's covering. He's keeping his love. His love is powerful over us. It's very powerful over us. He raised us up and made us sit in heavenly places. Sit. Get a load of this. To give you a seat in the company with him. So, you know, if I line three chairs up here. The father's in one and the son's on the other. He gives me permission to take the third seat. I'm wearing the engagement ring of the Holy Spirit. He's helping me get here. And I take the third seat. It's kind of like uh, the Narnias when they take their rightful place. And from that, I can be in their company. I could feel their essence. I can draw into me their presence. It makes me alive. He gives me a seat in his company, and he makes me sit down together with him. <laughs> I can kind of see that, you know, this is really our rightful seat, you know, and then we get tricked into a lie, and we're kind of... <laughs> and I can see him grab us by the hand and jerk his back and says, Oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, this is, yes, this is right, yes, yeah. you know. Heaven, and that says the celestial highest heaven, where you're above it all. Places, it says this is a fixed position in time, and it's also a state of being. Currently, right now, while your body is setting this room, you are in a fixed position in your spirit, man, in heavenly places in the company of the Father and the Son. It's a state of being. I mean, I can feel it right now. Can you feel it? Can you feel the weighty glory? Can you feel the beauty of what's been bestowed upon you? Can you feel what's been opened up to you? It's a fixed position and a state of being. And I love this. It says, to give yourself wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, to being here. He raised you up and he seated you in heavenly places where you are intended to wholly be there. Give yourself to that. That's what it says. Give yourself to that position. Give yourself to that position. It's being provided for you because he, he dearly loves you. And so, you know, in whatever condition we're in, we can't just simply even see ourselves. Didn't even say that in Hebrews, you know, you can come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need and receive anything that you need need of. You have throne room access. But most importantly, more than just throne room access... Who You have access to the person of the Father. You have access to the person of the Son. You fit in with them. You're compatible with them. You're comfortable in each other's presence because of what Jesus has done. So, you know, one thing like I started out with that concerns me is when we get to this place in all these subtle little ways where we're not looking to him. That concerns me. Because really when we take our eyes off of him and from our true position and our true access when we take our eyes off of him in these subtle little ways, then we give ourselves to a different influence. Whenever you have access to it all. And so Lisa may be my my massage therapist, but Jesus is my miracle worker, worker healer. So a question that he's been asking, and I've been saying to everybody I can for the last month, just ask battle-ready prayer people, is where are places that you have gotten that you have quit looking to him for help or your source? Because wherever that is is where you've got to detach yourself from and get back to the source. Does that make sense to you? And so we've got to bring our hearts to him there. I'm not experiencing you here. I need you here. What do you want to show me here? How do I get back? What needs to shift? What needs to change? What do you want to show me? And we, we want to um, detach from those things that have attached to us in that lower realm. We want to detach those and we want to get back to you are, this is, this is the Jesus model. You are my source of everything I need spiritually, physically, and emotionally. I tie myself to you. Our problem is we're so addicted to comfort, we won't give any time to do a process with him. We'll run to food or we'll run to pornography or we'll run to whatever it is, TV, media, I mean, all kinds of outlets. We'll run to all of those to try to appease the need when really you want to come to the bread of life. I understand there's a lot to be discovered there for us. If we will wean ourselves from these other natural ways that we do, maybe we're just trying to get approval. You know, we wean, we need to wean ourselves from those. Because He is trying to manifest heaven on earth through you, to you, to experience, and through you. That's what we're made for. I'm standing on earth, but I'm in heavenly realms. You know, Jesus is the one who gave us that. That's what I was getting to in John 3 when he was saying, you know, you must be born again. And once you are born again, Nicodemus, I'm going to explain something to you. And he did that real fun phraseology like Jesus can do in a parable, you know, where you're going. Huh? And you can only catch it by the Spirit, you know. He said, the only one who will ascend is the one who's already descended and will ascend. And I'm sure Nicodemus is going, I didn't even get the other thing you were trying to tell me. This, I'm sure I'm going to get that right there because I don't think I got that. I don't think I'm getting nothing. But what he was saying was, Jesus was in the eternal place, and only he came and descended to earth, and now he's ascended. So that's what Jesus introduced this concept to us. He's saying it to Nicodemus. Well, I'm standing here on earth right now with you, Nicodemus, and I'm having this conversation with you. I have ascended to heaven while my feet are here planted on earth. I've ascended to heaven right here, and you don't even know it. I descended and I came down, so this is where I'm at. I'm still here. You get it? I'm here in my body. I was here. I descended and came down. I'm here in my body, and I've also ascended. Can you, poor little Nicodemus, can you see the poor little guy? But I think he, he was really trying to say it for us, too. You know, we don't want to miss it. And so that is how you're intended to walk or live. And it's kind of just that simple Lord's Prayer. Oh, beloved Father, who dwells in the heavenly realms, who all glory be to your name, that heaven invade earth, you know, and we're just practicing how to stay free so we can keep ascending and gaining, and attaining, an understanding. And so Jesus is the one who introduced that concept. I was here, and now I'm here. And while I'm here, I'm also there. Isn't he the coolest? Who's cooler than J.C.? (laughs) Nobody's cooler than J.C.? I mean, isn't that good to know? That while you're standing here physically in your body, you can be in this ascended place where you're intended to live. You can be acqui- acquiring of the Father. You can be inquiring of the Father. You can be drawing on the love of the Father. You can be pouring out love of the Father. You can be enjoying your relationship with Jesus. You can be distributing uh, the heart of Jesus. I mean, it's just it's just the, a beautiful flow of the way it works. So I hoping today that you're coming away from some bad theology and you're considering that that's me. I'm physically here, but I'm also here. And what does it mean to be also here while I'm here? So really kind of what we're talking about are a couple of things. We're talking about kind of standing and accurate theology, in Jesus is perfect theology. He's accuracy, if you want to say it that way. He's perfection. He's the way. Anything that doesn't line up with his way is not it. So he's perfect theology. So we're trying to line up correctly with him for one thing, and then the other thing is as we're trying to um, here's kind of the last couple of words to the sentence before Jesus puts a dot at the end of the sentence is that when they kept when Nicodemus and the disciples quit kept looking to Jesus like, something, 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 Jesus. something. Jesus, something. And he's trying to reveal the something. Then he puts an end on it when he says, if you will abide in me, in me in you. We're talking about really functioning with our place from heaven. I mean, don't overcomplicate it. We just talked about it for an hour. I mean, it's a position he's given you. What did you do in your salvation? You let him capture you. You let him apprehend you. You let him radically gain you back. That's what you did. And so he's saying all of this for this one thing. Is I desire to be one with you. Nothing touches my heart or moves my heart more than me being with you whew, and you being with me. And from this place of oneness or union or abiding or being with each other from that place that's what Jesus's life displayed ask anything because my words my life my presence my influence will be uh, upon you in a way that from that place you can ask anything because you're aligned with heaven. He's trying to bring heaven to earth and in that way you're aligned with heaven so then heaven comes to earth. That was the end of the sentence. He's just that good, and he can do it any way he wants to, and that's the way he wants to do it. And so, you know, above all things, I hope that you're encouraged today in the love of God in such a unique way that you have understanding of where he's positioned you and open the way for you to decide how you want to abide. How do you want to experience? How do you want to receive? How do you want to see? How do you want to be nurtured? How do you want to understand? All of heaven is opened up to you. But it comes from that place of abiding. It comes from... I really believe that this is really going to help us understand, even though our feet are on the ground, we're really in heavenly places. I'm hearing heaven talk about something right there. Oh, Lyrewood Street? Oh, okay. Lyrewood Street. Okay. Oh, that little girl? Go back again. Oh, okay. So it is dangerous to have any partnership in you or me when I am not fully looking to him. because you are really in a heavenly realm. So he just wants to interrupt that and make it so chaotic and noisy that you'll forget to abide. But you really have a reserved seat. He's just that good. He just loves you that much that you have access to Him. I don't ever want to make a thing what I'm chasing after healing. I don't want to make a thing what I'm chasing after. I want to make Him what I'm chasing after. My beloved Father who I'm chasing after my lover Jesus who I'm chasing after, my best friend, the Holy Spirit that I'm chasing after. So be careful any places where we've gotten to where we're trying to apprehend something outside of him. It's in him. And so I just kind of want to pray over us. So if you want to be a part of this prayer, you can just say that in your heart, okay? If you don't want it, you don't have to. But if your heart is open, you can just say, my heart is open. Yeah. So Father, we just give you all glory. Right now we just come and we just say with everything within us, we bow down in our hearts. Ooh, before you and we repent from anything, any person, any place any desire that we've chased after to meet a need or satisfy something when it's you that we're looking for who you are my bread of life you sustain me Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And right now, with my heart and my will, I detach from every one of those places and I turn and I look fully in your face. You're my good Father. So, right now, I just pray over your people. I just say our hearts are opening up to this truth. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for reminding us how strongly you've apprehended us. Thank you for reminding us and opening us up to understanding of where we're really positioned in two realms. And that we have access to the heavenly realm where we engage with the person of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I just speak in opening up right now to open hearts, right now. I just speak in opening up the open hearts to begin to see, to know, to receive the heavenly realm. We're open. Our hearts are open as we align back to you. Show us, help us see. We want to see heaven. We want to see heaven. We want to smell heaven, taste heaven, touch heaven. We want to experience the life Force of you. Yeah, so I just speak just um, a new experience over your people. Right, well, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come right now, just begin to wash over, to encourage, to reestablish. Whew. Yeah, we just reestablish. You say, I reestablish you as the Lord of Lords and the King of every King. You're the King of my heart and my life. There's only one King and it's you, Yahweh. There's only one King. So I just pray we give ourselves to your Lordship, your good Lordship, your good leading. Your good wisdom. Your good faithful heart. We give ourselves to you today in a whole new way. And I invite just a supernatural understanding as we go about our days. My feet may be on the earth, but I'm really in a heavenly realm where I can open up hearing. I just speak for hearing to open up in in the heavenly realm. Hearing, open up. Seeing, open up, feeling, open up, all of our senses to open up, to receive from the heavenly realm. So Jesus, I just give you all praise and honor that you're the one who opened the way. You were raised up to heavenly places and you brought us with you and you set us in the company of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So I bless your people's relationship with you. I bless their abiding. You speak a new abiding. Just to, I just speak a new desire to come and to abide sweetly with you and receive the heavenly realm. In Jesus' name, amen.